Thank you, Archie. You do realize you've invited about 800 people to my wedding. I'm gonna have to start a GoFundMe page because of you. Thanks, Archie. <laughs> and what another thing I'm gonna have to do is call my mum and tell her to up the order of Ghanaian jollof rice. Come on now, cheese. Talking about jollof rice, the last time I was here, I think I stated that Ghana has better jollof rice than Nigeria. Yeah, Oy. Well, what I didn't realize was the herd of Nigerians that were going to follow me at the end of that service. They all came and found me and they were like, Tash, you know what? Your message, it was encouraging, but uh, the jollof rice business, no, 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 no. So I've come back this time to say, I don't want problem, I want peace, okay? I come in peace. Anyway, let's pray. <laughs> Almighty God, thank you that we are your beloved children. Thank you that you call us to be a light in this nation. And we pray that by your Holy Spirit that you will open our eyes and open our hearts to receive your word this morning. Amen. Amen. The title of today's message is The Great Commission, Option or Command. Last week, um, Archie mentioned that the latest census revealed that less than half the population of people, um, of Christians, um, has dropped for the first time ever. And I was looking at the, uh, the stats of that, and that's 46.2% uh, of people identify themselves as Christian today. And it's interesting because 10 years ago, 59.3% of people identified themselves as Christians so there's been a 13.1% drop. And as I was looking online, I came across this article that is going to pop up on the screens. It says only half of UK Christians think it's important to share their faith with others. Sharing faith is only a priority for around half of the UK Christians, while many are unaware of the Great Commission. Let's have a look at that passage. So if you'd like to turn to your Bibles, Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, the Great Commission. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. So as I'm looking at the statistics, it's clearly showing that less and less people are becoming Christians. But it's also showing that less and less Christians are willing to tell others about their faith. And you know what? To be honest, I can identify with that. Because it's, it's pretty awkward sometimes. When I meet up with my friends and we go and hang out and we go and play bowling or whatever, 
I'm not looking to sit there and start saying, yo, have you read this scripture? I want to tell you about Jesus. I'm just trying to win. I'm trying to win the game. It can be awkward. And, and probably some of you in here might identify with that. You know, you've got some friends that you know, you'd really want to tell them about your faith, but it's just, it can feel intimidating. You don't want to ruin your, your friendship. You know, you don't want to make things awkward. But if we look at this census, it's clearly showing that there is something in which we have to do. The title of this message is, is it an option or is it a command? But what is the Great Commission? As we've read that verse, there's three things that stood out. Number one, that it's a command. God is commanding us. The second is that it's a, a, a declaration, a declaration of authority. And last, that it's a, it's a promise. So if we look back at it being a command, it's basically exactly what it says in the tin. It's a task or a mission. And this mission was originally designed, um, assigned to the apostles. And at the center of this task, Jesus is saying that we, as people, we are told to make disciples. And to do this, we are called to go to find the lost and baptize them and teach them about Jesus. Now, I know those of you in here that are really keen, you're like, great, I can't wait for someone in the office to tell me that they're lost because I'm going to baptize them in the name of Jesus. You will probably lose your job as well if you do that. The second, that is a declaration. Jesus is telling us that he has been given all authority over earth and heaven. And this declaration establishes Jesus' right to give this commission. And it's through his authority that he sends us, that he guides us, and that he empowers us to carry out this mission. And the third thing from this passage is that it's a promise. It's a promise that he will be with us until the very end. He's saying that no matter what you go through, no matter who you are speaking to, whether it's in the cafe or whether you are lifting a dumbbell in the gym or whether you are at home eating Ghanaian jollof rice, wherever you are, he is going to be with you. There's an assurance of a promise. So why are we looking at the Great Commission? Because is it even relevant to us today? Why don't I just enjoy my time being a Christian and not tell no one? Do I really have to share my faith? Can't I just keep my truth to my truth or the truth to me? I don't need to tell my neighbor. I don't need to tell my friends. I don't need to tell people that I work with. But the answer to that question, is it relevant for us today? Yes, of course it is. And I don't just think that it's relevant. I think that the commission is urgent. We have to do something about it. We have to. The task that Jesus set did not end with the original disciples. And it's still not over today. Because we need to go out 
and spread this message all across to the ends of the earth. And just take a look. Just take a look around in London. I don't know about you, but I'm not happy with the state of this country. I'm not going to go into politics because that's a whole different thing altogether. But there's things happening in this country. There's still ongoing racism. There's still abuse happening. There's greed. There's knife crime. There's gun crime. There are things happening in our nation that just doesn't sit well in my heart. And I'm sure you can relate. But I think these issues, these problems that we're seeing, they're not just issues in and of themselves. The issue is sin. That's what the issue is. And that's why God, who so loves the world, sent down his son so that we can be free from that. So the Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. Jesus dying for us all to save us wasn't an option. He obeyed a call out of love. And as I said, God's love for us is so expansive. It's so universal. And that's why he gave up his son for both you and me. So we can do nothing. We can accept that gift and we can do nothing. But if we do nothing, guess what? Nothing will happen. If we do nothing, then nothing will happen. Nothing will change. If we don't wake up from our responsibility, how will our generation be saved? This is part of the reason why I love the campaign that we're doing, Light Up London, because it's a call to action, because we want to see the whole of London lit up. We want to see the whole of London lit up with our prayers, with the love of God, so that we can see this generation saved. So every single one of us is called to participate in this great commission. Every single one of us. And our participation may not necessarily mean that you have to become a missionary and go all the way to Nigeria and tell them the right rice is actually from the neighboring country. I'm joking. I had to. I had to. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I did say I come in peace. I did. I did. I have to honor my word. But it doesn't necessarily mean that we need to become missionaries and go across the world. And some people are called to that. But I think what we are called to is to build relationships and to share the good news within our sphere of influence, wherever that may be. Look at Paul. Paul was probably the, the greatest missionary for Jesus. He didn't ask the Roman church to join him on his travels. Instead, he asked, he asked them to assist him on his journey in whatever way they could. And he also asked them to join them in prayer. We stress about prayer so much because it is so important. And that is one of the ways in which we can align ourselves in participating in the Great Commission through prayer. Prayer is the engine room in which we draw our strength from. When you look at Jesus' life, every time something significant was about to happen, where did he go? He went away and prayed. Prayer is what is going to change this nation. 
it's through the power of prayer that saved me. When I was lost and I was in the clubs and I was just doing whatever I wanted to do, something triggered my heart. Now I know it was the Holy Spirit, but it was through prayers. And what I didn't realize is that behind the scenes, my mum was praying for me all the time. My mum is a prayer warrior all hours of the night. It doesn't matter what time it is. You come out the door and you're just hearing, yes, we did it, I'm like, mum, go to bed, man. It's 5 a.m. What's wrong with you? But that's, 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 that's what she does. But prayer has power. When we look at the biblical narrative, we see in Exodus, when Moses intercedes for his people, God responds. So much so that the text says that he changed his mind. When Hannah was praying for a child, she prayed and prayed and eventually she received a son. As Archie shared last week, when Elijah prayed for there to be no rain, no rain fell for three years. And when he prayed again, there was enough rain to water all the crops. So why do we pray? We pray because God responds to his people. God responds to us. And it's through prayer that we will light up London and see the change in this nation that we want to see. One of my old school friends, Anthony, we're going to call him Anthony because his name is actually Anthony. Back in the day, um, we used to have these conversations. I just became a Christian. And um, there was one particular Friday, he phoned me and we had this big argument about science and God and all of that stuff. And he was just like, I don't understand this God stuff. I'm all about the science stuff. And I remember getting off that phone call thinking, oh, that was a tough conversation. And maybe some of you have had those type of conversations before. It was a really difficult conversation. And I just felt really discouraged. And I thought, you know what, Anthony's the last person that's ever even going to entertain the idea of God or even come to church. So that happened on a Friday. On a Saturday night, I get a phone call from Anthony and he's in huge distress. I said, Anthony, what's wrong with you, bro? And he's like, I'm going through like a really difficult time with my girl and this and da-da-da. I just need somewhere to stay. Can I stay with you? I said, yeah. Yeah, sure. I said, you can stay with me, but I just want to let you know, it's Saturday night. I'm going to church in the morning. So, you know, you've got to figure that bit out. And he was like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. I'll, I'll come with you. I'll come with you. That's fine. When I got off that phone, if you saw the way I was running around in my room, I said, Jesus, this is the moment we've both been waiting for. If you don't send some Holy Spirit shandai on his heart and change things. I started praying in all different types. I started calling God Jehovah, Jehovah Nisi, Jireh, Adonai, Yahweh. I didn't even understand what all of these things meant. But I was so passionate to see Anthony discover who Jesus was. And God knew that I didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> but God knew what was in my heart. He knew that I desperately wanted to plead for my friend. So the next day we go to church and I had to help out on the team. I left him. I came back at the end of that service. And I'm walking up to him and I'm just seeing, I'm seeing tears come down his face. I said, Anthony, what's up, bro? He's like, don't worry about me, bro. I'm cool, man. <laughs> I'm cool. You know, guys, isn't it? we have to put on that facade. Yeah, you know, I'm cool, I'm cool. I said, bro, there's tears coming out of your eyes. What's going on, bro? When I spoke to one of the guys on the team, 
who prayed for him, he told me that Anthony has given his life to Jesus. That day, I was so encouraged because he was one of my best friends and I never ever thought that would ever happen. And don't get me wrong, it wasn't just one prayer of using words that I didn't understand. I had been praying for some time. So I share that with you to encourage you that sometimes when we're praying, we have to pray persistently. But don't give up. Because when we pray, sometimes God also gives us opportunities that we never thought would ever happen. I was arguing with him about science the night before. And then look what happened. So when we pray, that's the first thing. But I think in this season, there is a call to action. And if you are praying, then you are acting. We are acting. That's why we're doing Light Up London. That is a call to action. And just think about it. As we're praying, we have the backing of the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings. That should empower us to joyfully carry this wonderful message in which we have received. If no one was praying for me, I would be in that statistic. So imagine the amount of power and the influence in which you can have when you pray for someone or when you share your faith with someone. But I get it. As I mentioned before, it's difficult. Sometimes we don't feel confident to share our faith or to bring up that conversation. And culture says, you know what? You experience your faith and just keep it to yourself. Like, don't bother me. Let me live my life. And I find it difficult too. But you know what? I just wish that there was some type of course that I could go to (laughs) where I can eat good food come here in person either in the morning or the evening and if I come in the morning there's a crush as well that means the kiddies are sorted as well if I come in the evening I'm going to meet loads of different people and connect and ask questions about life I wish there was a course that was like that I wish there was a course that was starting in 10 days on the 25th I just wish if only that's all the hard work done Just come to the evening and enjoy and explore. If there is someone on your heart that you know that God is um, prompting you to invite to Alpha, pray about it. Pray about it. Let's keep lighting up London with our prayers and allow Jesus to empower you as you share your faith, as you pray, and as you invite. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.